What up? Welcome to 2020. I am Barbara Walters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. I haven't talked to you in so long. I know. What's your, mm-hmm. uh, what's your, what's, what's, what's your... ASL? ASL. What's your ASL? <laughs> uh, Talking about American Sign Language. This is a family-friendly podcast, my man. <laughs> <laughs> Things are good. No, I'm stoked. I'm excited for 2020. Yeah. Uh, as you know, but our listeners do not know, but can now know because it's far enough along. Uh, my family's expecting a new edition, Pike 2.0. <laughs> yeah, Pike. Is that Pike 2.0 or is that Pike like, I don't know how many .0s because it'd be like 4.0 exist maybe? already. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it combined with another Pike. Yeah. Ba- you, baby Pike 2.0? You piked someone, right? Because you converted your wife into a Pike. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't, so, okay. Yeah. It didn't occur to me that you have a very funny last name for these sorts okay. of things. All right. So you're a Pike and then your wife became a Pike and now you had a, and then you had a Pike together and now you're going to have another Pike. Yes, that is the that is the current situation, and uh, yeah, it's coming along well. It's we know it's going to be a boy, and uh, it'll probably be really cute, and that's about all we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. boy is now three months old. You know, I know that you like were up an entire night recently. Yeah, but the three months old range is when Ellie started to like sometimes actually have some occasionally bouts of sane sleeping. He's actually pretty good. It's the problem is figuring out the adults in the situation okay like Mm -hmm. he sleeps for a pretty extended period pretty much every night like he doesn't you know quote unquote sleep through the night sure but he generally will sleep for a good you know five six seven hours with maybe one quick wake up that's great yeah it is great unfortunately we have two adults that also need to get a reasonable amount of sleep and you know as is often the case in these situations my wife is getting the short shrift of that most of the time because of the feeding situation. Yeah, because she has all the milk. And yeah. so she ends up being the one who loses out on sleep really, really often. So, yeah, the other the other night I sort of – she was at a pretty bad deficit. So I just sort of pulled a, pulled an all-nighter to kind of catch her up a little bit. You got like a bottle system going We have a now. bottle system. We do one bottle a night. Yeah. That's funny because I actually have a related fun fact. You have a, you have a baby sleep-related – I have a breast milk fun fact. You have a breast milk related fun fact. Well, how about we start with start with that? All right. Hit me. Fun fact. One of the reasons people enjoy umami might mm. be because breast milk has very high levels of it. I, okay. All right. So umami, this is the the purported f- fifth taste. Right. So the five salt. basic tastes are sweet, sour, bitter, salty, and umami. Yeah. And as I understand right. it, that's not like a like a biologically fundamental thing. Like there's more tastes than that, but those are like often categorized as the five most important kind of types of tasting. My, yeah, I think so. My understanding was just that those are tastes that cannot be like have no overlap with each other. They're like distinct right. and like specific. And in the case of umami, it's a taste produced by anything that's rich in glutamates. Yeah, which we talked a little bit about glutamates at one point, didn't we? And MSG and how yeah. it's... Yeah, people love it's, glutamates. Yeah, and whether you you think you do or not. Right. Even monosodium glutamate, which has been proven over and over and over and over and over to again, be completely to be safe. Completely safe. Yeah. So that's the umami flavor. And breast milk has ten times as much glutamate as cow's milk. Ah, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Now, in context, that's still only about seventeen percent of what the equivalent amount of soy sauce would have. But soy sauce is like punch you in the mouth with. But soy sauce is like uh-huh. the most <laughs> like soy sauce is like the highest umami I could find. I mean, it's like a crazy amount, mm-hmm. right? But but yeah. So so the theory goes that because you we little children, you know, start their lives often, not always for various reasons, but often having you know extended period of breast milk that that glutamate experience as a child is what links you up to enjoying glutamates and umami flavor as an adult huh and you're more familiar or into that yeah interestingly enough i didn't know this apparently the different flavors are intended biologically to indicate presence of certain nutrients or non-nutrients oh interesting well salt's an obvious one yeah well so salty is supposed to indicate the presence of minerals yeah sweets indicate sweet foods indicate that they contain sugars right yeah sour and bitter are both apparently designed to keep us away from poison well sour in particular like you think unripe things often are also sour if they're not like 
ready to be eaten and things. Yeah, I love both those flavors. So I think in the past times, I probably would have died at a young age of poison. <laughs> well, you probably <laughs> learned to like bitter. Almost nobody likes bitter by default, but then you, we craft bitter things that are well-made and yeah you know we teach ourselves to like red wine and i will drink literal bitters yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) and then research suggests that umami is alerting us to the presence of protein right that makes sense so like meat you know red meat or you know things like that tomatoes and anything sort of on that savory side of the scale yeah umami was proposed as a as a basic taste since 1908 okay but didn't actually get like accepted by sort of a consensus until the, I think the eighties. Right. And that's how it got the Japanese. Cause it's something that the Japanese language has had for a long time. Yeah. So the I wouldn't, it wouldn't be a fact from me. Like that everyone out there is like, he's going to tell us about the etymology of umami, right? Like that's. Yeah. But people know that we have a smart audience, I think. Yeah. I think people already know the etymology of umami. Yeah. Not that to be clear, not to imply that smartness and knowing facts are the same thing or they're not in any way related related. but (laughs) as proven by me and the number of facts that i know wait so what is the etymology of umami what is the etymology of umami? yeah you just said everyone already knows the etymology of umami well i think most people at least are familiar with it to the degree i am which is this story that oh well they're you know people always thought that there's four tastes but that in the japanese language they always had this word umami for a specific taste and then in the 80s people realized oh actually this is just an important uh, distinct taste as saltiness and sweetness is and it sort of then we took it as into english as a loan word but i don't know actually why in the language of japanese it is umami and not some other word right so that is what i'm going to tell you <laughs> okay so as, as as you said uh umami is a loan word from japanese it's but umami itself is a neologism oh okay so yeah. it's not like some ancient japanese term no it was created in 1908 by a chemist who combined the the, the words umai which is a way to say good or delicious with mm. me which is a taste which it means, means taste so umai, umami is sort of like you can translate it directly as sort of pleasant, savory taste. Right. Yeah, yeah, which is a pretty good description, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I like that it's like so specific, but I also like the fact that we don't just call it savoriness mm-hmm. in English. Well, savoriness in English a little bit just implies anything that is not sweet, right? Like something that's salty and fatty. Like you might say that like like sour cream and onion potato chips you might say are savory but you wouldn't say they're umami yeah i think that's why probably why that happened is because even though umami is savoriness in some way is sort of different we already had a use of that word that didn't really work as becoming that like umami is a type of savory flavor and it's specifically the like meaty satisfyingly what do you call it good flavor taste or whatever it is yeah, that yeah, you yeah. get well, from but, things I mean, like so, cooked tomatoes and uh, dashi and and soy sauce and stuff. you don't even have to cook them all to, all tomatoes are rich in umami but but doesn't doesn't cooking it make it more umamish maniacal probably i don't know but i if you go to like so if you like if you go to wikipedia there are there are web pages for sweetness sourness saltiness and bitterness right yeah but there's no web page for savoriness because that's umami right mm-hmm. right because it's a poorly defined thing with savoriness it's it can be a little bit poorly defined yeah so although i mean the romans used umaminess right they they used a fermented fish sauce yeah well, and that's a common thing lots of cultures have a fermented something i mean even like my my mom's by um, any cultural standard, quite plain British-inspired cooking uh, would have like the Worcester sauce. You know that? Worcester, Worcestershire Worcester? sauce? Yeah, Worcestershire sauce. Worcester, Worcestershire, Chichester yeah. sauce. Which I yeah. believe actually has like fish sauce in it. It has like fermented stuff to give I it some umami. I believe it does as well, yes. Yeah. The sauce. Then that is a hard one to spell. Yeah. Yeah. Supposedly it's Worcester. I don't... I just, I just have to take... Well, no, it is for sure Worcester. Yeah, because uh, there's a Worcester in Massachusetts, which is where my grandfather is. Worcester. Oh, okay. But, um, 
but uh but yeah the but i think the sauce is usually pronounced worcestershire right or worst or worst or worcester worcester sauce i feel like we're inviting pain the pain of many emails and tweets in a, a way that was an it was an unforced error for us to try to talk about the pronunciation <laughs> of this sauce <laughs> It, uh, it I don't think it originally had any oh it had anchovies in it so I guess that's yeah that's fish yeah maybe that's what I'm thinking of yeah. it's kind of been a movie mommy thing I mean the Lee and Perrins is the one that you know I think most people in the U.S. know about I don't know if that's yeah the maybe they would just refer to it as well. Lee and Perrins yeah but uh, dashi is the taste that was like specified to be the umami flavor right like a stereotypical umami flavor most people don't know dashi on its own though as an ingredient I would think probably. Like it's a Japanese cooking ingredient. It is indeed a Japanese cooking ingredient. Yes. But miso soup is is um, quite umami, I believe. Yes. Most people are familiar with that probably. Yeah, dashi is the basis of a miso. Yeah. The more you know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, breast milk full of umami. Umami. And so we're just programmed. Programmed to programmed enjoy to it. like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not super a huge meat person, but I'm a big umami person again in... All cuisines and the cooked tomatoes are like the foundation. If I just like could have only one flavor, that might I might have to. Well, but then I'd have to give cheese. Cheese and cooked tomatoes to me together is like if there's any one flavor that is the best flavor, it would be that flavor. I actually don't think I'm a big umami fan. Really? Well, yeah. you're you're like drinking bitters, so you're on the other. <laughs> yeah. You've got you've made your commitment clear. I mean, I don't think I'm like regularly drinking bitters. <laughs> You just have a pint of bitters right now. Well, I do just have one, but I'm not tall, drinking cool it glass. at the moment. Yeah, just a cool glass of bitters. Cool no, glass there are some, there are some good. There are some really nice bitters that you can just kind of drink. Yeah, I hear about uh, various, like, um, like we, we have the couple, like, typical cocktail bitters, but then... Angostura bitters is delicious. Yeah, Angostura bitters is the one that, like, if only, people only have one, they would have that one. Yeah. But then in, like, some certain fancy cocktails, you'll hear about all sorts of wild and wonderful different fruits and and things they get in there yeah 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 so as you may be able to hear i have a bit of a cold i don't love talking about my colds or sicknesses on the podcast because you all don't need to know about that i don't even need to know about that you don't even need to know about it um but i'm normally able to handle fine and whatever everyone gets cold sometimes but this this cold that around this uh, christmas and holiday season led me down a path of frustration that has led me to a fun fact I'm going to enjoy this because I had like, I just kept getting colds. Mm-hmm. Like each cold led directly into the next cold. Yes. Yeah. Or, or what sometimes people will think, oh man, this cold, like I've had this cold for weeks and yeah. the like generally no, you have not probably had the same cold. You've had multiple colds and sometimes people will get either because they're tired because of the cold or just because they're like, well, I already have a cold, so who cares? And then they'll like get a little bit more lax with their hand washing or whatever because they're like, well, I already have a cold. Sucker. Can't catch it twice, but you can. <laughs> you can because there's 200 different things that cause the cold so oh and that's not even your fun fact so now i'm excited that's not even a fun fact there are more than 200 (laughs) different viruses can cause the symptoms we call call the cold yeah um most of them rhinoviruses but there's just some other stuff but like because the the cold is not a disease it's a set of symptoms it's your kind of generic body response to these low-grade viruses that are not very dangerous and your body goes oh no i guess i'm like going to be snotty and cough now um but we just kind of lump them all in scientifically not very interesting because they don't yeah. really risk anyone very few people they risk their sort of life and so they don't kind of worry about it too much and also trying to cure 200 different things kind of a boil the ocean problem so we just get kind of all right, well, this laissez-faire attitude, everybody gets cold, please wash your hands. Yeah, I refer to it as having small children in my life. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you go send them off to school, and then they collect all the colds, combine them into a super cold, and then deliver them home. Um, And then Yeah, you're not out of the woods until your youngest child's friend's youngest siblings Mm. are out of, of like, elementary school. Yeah, basically, your, your youngest child's youngest... Your youngest child's friends, youngest siblings need to have developed proper hygiene before yeah, you stop getting Yeah, which is like it. roughly middle school. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I mean, it's wild. Like, yeah. 
So I'm deep in the thick of that three-year-old going to preschool, you know, thinks that uh, licking my mouth is a way to express her. <laughs> she has a cold, she's snotty, and she climbs up. Yeah. She's like, oh, I love you, dad. Lick. And I'm like, yeah, well. I mean, I a niece and nephew who are doing the same thing. Yeah. And and soon my own child will join this yes. horde of disgusting. Yeah, he really will. And so yeah. this led me into a frustrated state down to our local pharmacy to get some cold medication that would actually try and relieve me of some of this suffering. Um, and I discovered there, there a fun fact. Ooh. Fun fact. Discovery fun fact. I, yeah, it's self-discovered. The medications sold as Tylenol cold and the one sold as Tylenol flu are the same thing. What? With a different package wow yeah. that's devious yeah and they list like the different different symptoms Wait, is that a scheme this is a scheme this is definitely a scheme cold medicine is a conspiracy man yeah man it's all acetaminophen is as bad yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, that's not what you mean okay all right we're not saying that acetaminophen is a, is a government scam to control people it might also be my research okay. did not get quite that far. Okay, um, all right. And yeah, so I I call cold medicine a conspiracy, and like by definition, I'm not entirely sure if the different cold medicine companies are conspiring together. I think this okay. is their behavior is actually just the kind of natural outflow of the fact that there's only a handful of things that can treat colds, like that are approved to be put in cold medicine, mm. and. The only thing you can do if you're a cold company is just rebrand them and repackage them in different ways. Why don't you just sell one? Why don't you just sell one? Well, then, because then if you come into the pharmacy and there's Tylenol cold, Tylenol flu, Tylenol cold and flu, Tylenol extreme cold and flu, Tylenol nighttime cold and flu, and then there's just like Advil cold, you're like, well, I mean, I, I might as well get the one that's really specific to what I think I have rather than this one, which is boring old. Wait, yeah. so hold on. So if Tylenol cold and Tylenol flu are the same thing, mm-hmm. then Tylenol cold and flu is different. <laughs> <laughs> That's different? Yeah. So you'd think that this is the kind of thing that, especially while I'm on cold wow. meds, right? It makes me think, am I just, is this not, am I imagining things here? And so in order to try and verify some of these things, I actually broke out Google Doc. And entered dozens of these uh, from the websites of the manufacturers, not just from Uh like whatever stock happened to be on the shelves. Sure. Um, The different brands. And I also did some for the States uh, as well to try and like sanity check if this is a Canadian thing and stuff. And so, um, yeah, so definitely, definitely, (laughs) definitely there's a lot of different combinations that you can have out of the like six ingredients but there aren't many useful combinations and the, oh, even uh. the dosages are regulated so like in canada you have all of the acetaminophen dosages are either 250 or 500 and you don't mm-hmm. you can't be like you know what we're gonna go for 420 or we're gonna go for 325 uh no but in the states it has to be 325 for acetaminophen that's the standard dose so it's oh, like really? i'm looking at 500 on this tylenol um for oh, the but cold it's extra med- it's extra strength yes 500 is the extra strength and 325 is the normal strength oh okay right okay and so the yeah. like the fda and like the u.s and canadian drug codes are relatively similar and i believe they like try to be at least somewhat harmonious um that's and nice so, of them yeah it's nice of them no not so much that like we have the same packaging um but we have most of no, the same that drugs would be too different. nice that would be that would be a little too too nice, but yeah. um, so I broke out this entire spreadsheet, which I'm not going to read on the <laughs> podcast. Read the entire spreadsheet. I think that'd be incredibly fun. But if you <laughs> will allow it, um, yeah. I'd like to point out a couple of things I learned please, from it, please. and then I can like talk about the ingredients I think that are are interesting that I learned about in this like deep dive into how do I get cold meds that actually maybe help and don't make me a zombie, uh, so I can't actually do anything. Yeah, oh, we're going to help people today. We're going to help people. Uh, although this is not medical advice. <laughs> yeah, we, are, we have no... What's the fiduciary equivalent what for we health information? What do we need to say that we don't do so that we don't get sued? Uh, so I just, like just yesterday, I posted a, a blog post uh, about this the same info. And I, the way I felt was maybe like, but probably a valid way of expressing the level of like this information's seriousness is please consult with a doctor before taking medical advice from a sarcastic tech blog mm. right mm. Mm-hmm. which oh, and, and so in this then we can modify that for please consult a doctor before taking medical advice from a sarcastic a lighthearted 
No, we're a lighthearted. We're a lighthearted, fact-oriented podcast. Yeah, but fact, fact-oriented. Putting fact-oriented in the disclaimer might give this information the wrong. You know, <laughs> as far as I can tell, actually, this is all factual. But uh, right, we're fact-oriented, but we're not fact-guaranteed. We're fact-adjacent. All that being said, I did a fair amount of research on this. It's just cold meds. I'm not super worried about getting sued, but uh, can't oh, sue. Oh God! No now you brought the. That's like the <laughs> Sue Fairy. I said, can't sue, no take back. Sorry. Okay, this is like Candyman. You know, you can't if you say not worried about getting sued by listening any further. You legally agreed not to sue me for. <laughs> yeah. telling One you second for the minute. Can't do it now. Okay. <laughs> can't triple stand with double. Stand. Day, day. <laughs> day, jinx. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, in all co- seriousness, couple things. Spreadsheets are I, no laughing matter, Alan. Spreadsheets are no laughing matter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what it says about me it's like the further i go into my career the more percentage of my time i'm like i will solve this with a spreadsheet it means you're a boss <sighs> yeah that's, yeah. that's it so <laughs> yes. the thing that i thought was like that struck to me at first was this thing of for formulations using the same exactly the same active ingredients mm-hmm. um and so that's like Tylenol, cold and Tylenol flu were the same things in the same amounts um interestingly in the states the equivalent thing is uh Tylenol cold max which mm. cold max has less than cold and flu severe, which has more than the Canadian cold or flu formulations. What? <laughs> yeah. I'm already confused. And then there's also Tylenol cold and head severe in the States, which oh. doesn't have the cough medicine that the cold and flu and the cold max has, but uh-huh. they have a different cough medicine that does the opposite. The opposite? Yeah, but the severe the severe one in the states compared to the cold and flu or the cold max, like it's like they purposely. So what I'm getting into this as a scheme is like you're starting to get a sense of like when the brands are cold and flu severe, cold max, and cold and head severe, and those are yeah. the only options, and they basically are all the same with like tiny little differences around the edges. You're getting clearly people are coming in and they're like, I want the thing that works the most, right. and they give you three options that. From their names, there's no way to tell, well, it's called Max more than severe. So on, on Tylenol's website in the U.S., under cold and flu products, because I just wanted to see what you were talking about. I, sometimes with this stuff... Yeah, I'm only talking about the pills, by the way. I didn't go into the liquids, which I think were, are, for as far as I could tell, the liquids sometimes have different names, but were generally the same ingredients. Right, but even just for the caplets, I'm seeing, as you, as you alluded to, cold and flu severe day-night. Yes. Cold and flu severe... Cold max daytime, cold plus head severe, and cold plus flu plus cough nighttime. So, so the, there's a few of the key things that I think are interesting. One is this many different branding names. They're all like, they're not obviously clear which one is stronger or more effective for any completely particular unclear. variation. Yeah, completely unclear. unclear. Um, which is sort of necessary when you're mostly just rehashing the same thing with slight variations around the edges. If you want to scheme people. If you want to scheme people. Do they all cost the same? I don't know. I assume that the ones with more intense sounding names cost more. Um, but if you want <laughs> so to that might be the way. Just get the most expensive one. <laughs> if you want to take more shelf space, you have to have more variations, right? Yeah. And so more variations. So that, that is kind of what they're going for. Um, and so that's one thing that I found interesting. And obviously we all know, at least in theory, that if you just get the store brand that contains the same ingredients, then you'll pay less money and it'll be just as effective. And often it's a little bit easier on the packaging to tell the store brand just literally straight up says, this is acetaminophen and phenylrephrin. And you're like, do I mm. want that or not? Mm. Um, and so generally store brands are, are better if you can find the formulation you want in the store brand because of that. Um, but the other thing that I thought was interesting or that I was quite surprised by is the day and night thing. And so, yeah, like, what would you say is the difference in between the night version and the day version? The difference is I'm allowed to take the day version and not allowed to take the night version because I have sleep apnea. Ah, okay, right. So you would think that that would be enough to... So you you have you have part of the puzzle, which is like, I have sleep apnea, and so a thing that makes me sleepier is bad, and therefore I should not take the night version. That but I discovered in this research that that is not enough <laughs> because oh, no. there are there are ones that are not labeled as the night version that you also can't take because they just sometimes put the night stuff in the day stuff and just oh, call the same God. thing. God. <laughs> <laughs> so the more likely, the ones that do that more... I use NyQuil. This is why I use NyQuil. Yeah, well, if you just always use the same thing and you know what it is, although they also change the formulations over time too. But if you have a one that says flu or 
uh, like ex- extreme sometimes or the ones that are like complete, like maximum, whatever. Like if they, they seem, the box seems to be going about of its way of like, you're really sick. You severe. want all the things that some, yeah, the severe in all caps, even though <laughs> cold and flu severe in the t- Tylenol USA does not actually do this for the daytime one, but no. especially that I found the Advil ones, even the ones that are just like pretty like chill sounding ones, like Advil cold and sinus plus seems yeah. like, yeah, that seems pretty reasonable. Advil cold and sinus plus has a uh, normal version that just has the, so the drowsiness medication is in there just as your day stuff. That's so messed up, especially when you're someone like me that could literally kill me. Well, wow. Okay. Well, that's really concerning. I mean, obviously, you. Yeah. Would, I would hope you would read the in the insert medical insert on. Yeah, I guess I need to, or at least the ingredients on something if you're going to buy any cold meds. So yeah, that's a whole nother. And that's something that like came out doing this investigation is all the ingredients in these cold meds are pretty chill in terms of like they're pretty safe things that there's not a lot of health concerns in the scheme of all medicine. But almost every single one has a if you are in this group of people. This is dangerous to take if you're pregnant, if you have high blood pressure, it, you know, if you have this or you, that, or if you're drinking alcohol and then you, this doesn't combine. So each individual one also has its own like contraindications. Um, so read the packages on stuff that you're buying. Um, but you can get a pretty good overview just by looking at the four components that are in every cold med. Mm. So that's decongestant, painkiller, antihistamine, and cough medicine. Every okay. cold medicine has, you know, two to four of those components. Yeah. So what is that? Acetaminophen? Yeah. So the painkiller is the one that we most all know about. So that's either acetaminophen or what they would call in, I think most of the world calls it paracetamol, but in the United States and Canada, we'll call it acetaminophen. Um, and that's like ty- Tylenol. And so that's, you know, most people know it, it has some problems. It's fairly, surprisingly easy to overdose on actually. Um, but, <laughs> right. uh, but it's actually, as far as I could find, it's pretty, it's quite safe in the doses that's intended, but it's just, as far as medicines go, in most medications that you can just buy over the counter, if you take like quadruple the dose somehow, then you're, you're, you're not going to be in big trouble. Whereas oh. if oh, you're not dumb, okay. Well, most, mind. most medicines, if you take quadruple the dose that they say is the safe dose, then it's like okay well don't do that but yeah. with acetaminophen it's like oh god you took quadruple the dose <laughs> like ah right that there's like liver damage potentially especially if yeah. you, you also had a beer and maybe you also took a um a, some other medication that because a lot of other med- medications have acetaminophen like those little um those little like lemon flavored cold uh, things you can make like a hot water and the lemon powder make yeah. like neocitrin or whatever those have acetaminophen in them too and you might not realize that as so you take some acetaminophen and then you take like a robaxa set that has acetaminophen and you can have like oh, easily no. have way more acetaminophen in your system than you realize so they yeah. in the u.s and canada both they ha- like highlight acetaminophen on the package like and they, they often do have warnings like yeah it's like the biggest one don't take multiple things that have that but if you take the normal amount is for almost all populations that that's safe obviously read mm. the package um yeah. but we'll have a pretty good understanding of acetaminophen and then the other main one is uh the ibuprofen which is like a advil thing which is a similar thing it's quite safe but there's a few circumstances that you're not supposed to take it and it can be bad for chronic use but like i don't think and people need really much info about acetaminophen versus ibuprofen like most people know the two different painkillers and that's kind of like the baseline of most cold medicine has one of or the other of those the more interesting ones are the other ones. So decongestant is the other one that people maybe know pretty well what the options are there. And that's the, I think we may have talked a little bit about before. That's the kind of infamous. So you have two options for de- decongestants in cold medicine. You have uh, pseudofedrin, which is a controlled substance, mm. and phenylephrine, which does nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Tylenol definitely has phenylephrine. Yeah. So it used to be that most of the stuff had pseudofedrin. It all had pseudofed, but then you couldn't buy it over the counter. I mean, yeah. So especially the in the States. In Canada, you can buy pseudofedrin over the counter if it's... Wow. Y'all getting loose in Canada. Yeah. Everybody go get, go get their drink in Canada. <laughs> as long as pseudofedrin is combined with other stuff, that which makes it harder to make meth out of, then okay. you can buy it over the counter in, in Canada. And also something I realized in all this, the, the term over the counter... I've always thought meant you have to ask the pharmacist to hand it over the counter, but no, uh, it means you don't have to do the, that. The, over the counter means it's not over the counter. It means it's on the <laughs> shelf. <laughs> 
because back in the day, everything was behind the counter. <laughs> yeah. It means um, you don't need a prescription. You can just it means get you it. don't need a prescription. Um, yeah. But then there are some things that you do need to actually ask the pharmacist for. And in the States and a lot of other jurisdictions, because people were buying up a whole bunch of pseudoephedrine and turning it into meth, then you need to ask the, the pharmacist and they have to like write down some stuff. So pseudoephedrine is generally like as far as i could tell is one of the like clearest out of all of this cost medicines or cold medicine stuff is one of the things that actually had the most evidence that's like hey it actually helps uh they release congestion in most people and the statistical studies show like yeah it actually makes a difference there's a couple of trade-offs like it can higher heighten your blood pressure make you a little more uh agitated so if you have trouble sleeping you might want to not want to take it at night and maybe not combine it with too much caffeine and things like that but in general it's like the thing that's more effective but once you start taking stuff off the shelves, then you can't have the 10 rows of Tylenol, cold flu, max, cool gels, plus mucus, uh, or whatever the brand is, and you need to have something on the shelf, right? Yeah. So that's what like caused this huge rise in people uh, putting phenylephrine in their cold medicine instead. This is why we can't have nice things. This is why we can't have nice things. The, yeah. Definitely it's made the whole racket um, kind of worse off. Not that phenylephrine definitely does nothing. Like it's one of those kind of like, uh, it seems maybe it helps. Some studies show it helps. Some shows it's just not. But it's quite difficult with cold meds because... Uh, there's a couple other types of medication that has this same thing, but cold meds have a high placebo effect. So mm. if you take cold med and then c- compare it to like, uh, like cancer medication, right? So if you mm. like give a, okay, here's the fake chemotherapy. Here's the real <laughs> chemotherapy. It's like the cancer doesn't care. Like yeah. maybe it'll help a little bit, you know, maybe yeah. you'll be more calm. You can imagine some psychosomatic reasons, but like your, your placebo effect for, uh, the chemotherapy is like, is relatively small compared to the placebo effect for pain medication and cold medication, which are a little bit more psychosomatic, a little bit more, uh, about how you feel. So Very the phenylephrine maybe it works, or at least maybe it does something. It doesn't do a lot. And so you probably, unless you have one of the categories of reasons why you want to consider maybe not, but for most people, you're going to get more out of the pseudoephedrine if you are willing and able to give up your social security number or whatever it is that they want. <laughs> Brain scan, buy scan in order to, to get knows. it, right? Yeah. So that's a de- decongestion. And then the... The one that you're concerned about, the the drowsiness, is the antihistamine part. Yeah. And so you don't need to know. There's like a bunch of antihistamines that they use and like different ones. Like they don't, as far as I could tell, there's not a lot of difference in between. There's like diphenhydramine, doxalamine, chlorpheniramine, chlorpheniramine. Uh, there's different ones. That are, they're all kind of related compounds, the different antihistamines. And they're old timey, like 1950s antihistamines. They don't put them in there because they're the best antihistamines. They put them in there because they cause drowsiness. <laughs> and that's why they've since made better antihistamines. But they put the cause drowsiness ones in there. So even you take your nighttime things, then you can sleep. Or if you're mm-hmm. Arik, then you die. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, well, potentially. <laughs> potentially, yeah. So that's why the the antihistamines. And like they said that maybe antihistamines, they reduce sneezing a little bit. Maybe they make some of the other symptoms go down, but the more kind of noticeable effect is the, the drowsiness, which apparently can be as bad as like drunk driving. Like hmm. it can be as detrimental to your ability to do things like they package insert on one of these Advil ones. It wasn't even like a nighttime one. It was just like, um, Advil, I think it was Advil cold and sinus plus it said, do not drive. <laughs> <laughs> but it will taste like wild berry burst so yeah exactly it's a trade-off really <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't try. right you think that would have to be on the front outside of the box yeah i already bought it and yeah. took it and i'm driving <laughs> yeah now i'm reading this because i'm not really paying attention to the <laughs> right because you're like drowsy, oh, so. <laughs> we've got pseudoephedrine and, and like, well, generation one antihistamines in my body and, don't worry um and yeah <laughs> so that, that was the one I thought was the most fascinating was this antihistamines, A, that they are seem to be more used for the purpose of causing drowsiness, which if you have, really have the flu, then being drowsy during the day, and it's not going to kill you, if you have the flu, being drowsy during the day is probably still a net win because you're less fussed about the cold and you can just sure. rest, right? But if you're actually taking this because you're like, hey, I have a couple things I need to get done today, I'd like to like reduce the symptoms a little bit so that I can chill and go home and rest, then... Yeah, that's why I take DayQuil. Yeah, you need the Dayquil, right, which doesn't have the the drowsy. And so the ones that say non-drowsy, as far as I could tell, really all did have no drowsiness-causing ingredients. So we're okay on that. But the ones that didn't say 
um, the ones that said, and the ones that said non-drowsy were all non-drowsy. The ones that said night were all drowsy, but the ones that neither said non-drowsy or night, it was like a crapshoot. Might be drowsy. Yeah, it's like drowsiness, Schrodinger's drowsiness must look for, is there an antihistamine in this? Yeah. Yeah, so it was like a, it's like a gauntlet trying to figure out. There's only like six ingredients and they're just like how they mix and match them. Well, so on the on the Tylenol page, there's a fact. Yes. And it says, what is the difference between Tylenol cold and flu severe products and Tylenol cold multi-symptom products? Ah. And then it says that both kinds of products contain acetaminophen, dextromethorphan, which is the cough suppressant. Yes, which we haven't gotten to yet. That's the last, last part of the puzzle. Yeah, and phenylephrine. But one of them contains guaifenesin. Yes. Are you going to okay. talk about that one? All right. So, so you've... You've gotten to our last stop, which is the cough part. Oh, no. Okay. Well, no, we could do the dextromethorphan thing. I didn't realize. Yeah. So those two things, dextromethorphan and uh, guaifenesin are both the the cough component. And those are kind of independent of the other parts to the point that you can actually get separate. Um, like I have cough pills that are just those, um, or you can get them mixed in with the other stuff. And the way they work is uh, guaifenesin is an expectorant. So it helps you cough things up. And yeah. So that's why I've actually said that. Because I wanted to point out that expectorant is a really funny word. Expectorant is a great word. It's yeah, like, because what on are you the other ones, they're pretty specific cough. what it does. Yeah. Like if you look at acetaminophen, it's like, it's a pain reliever. Yeah. Dextromethorphan, it's a cough suppressant. Yeah. Phenylephrine, it's a nasal decongestant, supposedly. We learned Supposedly. maybe not. Maybe. It, Guaifenesin in, is an expectorant. Yeah. So expectorant is actually the medical... All of these have medical terms. So like dextromethorphan is not actually a cough suppressant. It's an antitussive is the technical... Ah, oh, right? that antitussive. Yeah. Tuss is it yeah. being like the Latin I don't like to, from t- I don't like to cough. tussive things. Yeah, you don't want to tuss. Um, so, yeah. but guaifenesin is the one that is in... Like if you've seen like mucinex, you've seen this like... Mucinex, yeah. Mucinex, yeah. So... Uh, but is it mucinex because it's mucus or is it mucinex because that sounds better? I don't know. Um, I think it's mucinex, but I have no idea. I'll While you are talking, I'll look, I'll go to their website and see if they have a pronunciation fact. So in like in the mucinex, <laughs> um, the core ingredient that is this guaifenesin, and that's the stuff that helps you cough up. It's really frustrating, especially if you have like a cough that's kind of productive, but it's hard to like actually clear your lungs. So you're constantly coughing and it's like, you know, you're feeling all like thick and gross and so guaifenesin helps release that um and as far as i could tell it's considered to be relatively effective um and that is one of that is that's the other difference in between the am and pm medicine a lot of the night medicine doesn't have that expectorant that helps you cough because you don't want to cough when you're trying to sleep but do you so do you think they use the word expectorant because the all of that is gross to people well yeah maybe <laughs> oh, okay I mean, this is a horribly, this is a disgusting topic, and I apologize to everyone that I brought it up, <laughs> but hopefully you learned something that cancels out the grossness of it. And then dextro... I've learned a lot of things. Dextromethorphan um, is a, all these things, like you're like, okay, I'm going to remember all the names of these medica- medications on the podcast. Like there's a, there, there's a, a link to the blog post and also like a couple tips that you can use to try to remember them, but... Um, the dextromethorphan is DM in like, if you see like Benelin DM or Robitussin DM, that's the dextromethorphan, the DM in that. And that's huh. the thing. So Twitter that, is involved in this is what you're saying. Yes. It's when you Bad directly Joe. send a cough to, no, uh, <laughs> DM is uh, yeah. a cough suppressant. And so that's something that tries to help you not cough so that you can sleep more popular in the nighttime stuff. So a fairly stereotypical combination would be to have the daytime stuff, have the stuff that helps you cough and then the nighttime stuff that tries to stop you from coughing but then of course it come in all sorts of combinations some of them try to stop you coughing during the day some of them try and like in theory you're not supposed to stop yourself from coughing if you have a productive cough but maybe you for some reason have to work so you still want to stop yourself from coughing some of them the nighttime ones have both so it like tries to stop you from coughing but if you do cough it's more productive and so like there's a couple combinations you can have of those but those are kind of it's fairly independent of the other components so you can kind of mix and match you basically have your four categories decongestant painkiller antihistamine cough medicine and then you kind of recruit your your soldiers build your little anti-cold army uh as makes sense for your symptoms as opposed to just being like well i guess complete liquid gel cold flu cough plus mucus is the thing that i have so they need to make like a website like they have for shoes where I could just choose which one of those I want and they would send me my own custom designed cold medicine. Well, in theory, a compounding pharmacy could make these things to you could be like, <laughs> I want. But the, there's so few different combinations that make sense that yeah. any combination that you would say, you're like, okay, well, 
I, I guess I'll go for uh, ibuprofen, which means that it'll be two, 200 uh, ibuprofen. And then obviously I want the pseudoephedrine because that's the one that works more for decongestion unless I'm like maybe trying to sleep or whatever from daytime. And then th- that means 30. So it's 200 of that, 30 of that. And then dextromorphan. Yeah, sure. I'll take that. And I'll take the the other cough one. And then I basically just designed four or five of the different, <laughs> like what I picked is like four or five of the different brands are already exactly that. Right. Yeah, right. by the way, mucinex.com has both a learning center with the question, Ooh. what is mucinex, and a product fact, and nowhere do they seem to explain how to pronounce mucinex. So we will never know. We'll never know. If, There's no way, if, way to if, find if, out. If those, if those of you out there in fun factors, you know, nation, what are the, what are, it's the fun factors, right? If, if any <laughs> of you know factors. how to pronounce mucinex, let us know. What was the one? Oh, Schlage? Was that the Lock company? That- What's that? There was a, like a lock company that had a ridiculous German name, and we got multiple people writing in to tell us how to pronounce it. Schlage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, mostly I just have my wife telling Schlage. me that I should ask her before I pronounce. Before we attempt to pronounce any German thing, and then yeah. even then you still get it wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah. you know, I'm doing my best out here. Yeah. So that's the that's the deal with that so if you uh if you find yourself with a cold in the future um then i encourage you to a choose things based on the ingredients and not based on the brands uh and b consider getting um an am and a pm pair of things that you've vetted whether or not you actually want those things for for day and for night but but it's hard to sell packages with am and pm in them yeah because of well, course they do they do do that and that's it's quite smart for them like one thing that i find <laughs> that right so one thing i find is like i end up with a bunch that's more pms and ams because i end up wanting the day ones more and then i maybe oh, do one before i, I go like to bed that's unusual oh I, because yeah that makes sense because you take one and you go to sleep yeah so it, yeah. like i take three <laughs> day ones during the day right. and then one before bed of the night yeah. one and then i wake up and then back on the day ones and so i'm accumulating all these packages of nighttime ones right and I sleep okay when I have a cold and roll. I'm pretty tired, so I don't normally need the antihistamine thing to help me oh, sleep. Oh, lucky you. Yeah, lucky me. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but everyone, and that's the thing, that's the point. It's like everyone's different. Some people mostly care about the night thing, but sometimes during the day, like you might want, if you're someone who, when you have a cold, your main problem is sleeping, then you can have like a kick my ass cold version and then decide, oh, uh, like for nighttime. And maybe you want the pseudoephedrine because it works better, or maybe just have the phenylephrine because maybe pseudoephedrine actually it makes it harder to sleep and so you can kind of pick that and then like whatever combination you find there'll be like five different things that have that combination that you want and then for your daytime you might be like i will no barely ever bother with daytime but if i do it's because uh i have the, a cough or i have this or whatever and then so you can sort of each person because most people experience cold symptoms differently so it's just kind of like you know pick your poison That's the are you prepared story. to reveal on air as it were which of these million products you're using what drugs i am yeah, currently you on take it? <laughs> um, did you go with cold and flu severe did you go with cold max what'd you go with so i've been in the store into the store brands now oh okay so you're, yeah, okay, you're the, doing the smart thing. yeah the local things but um what i've been my current loadout as i've been experimenting with because i i've started to actually since i've like learned up on this i'm starting to think that i do actually notice the the um the pseudo fedrin does hype me up a little bit which during mm. the day if i'm trying to get things done is maybe good although mm. i was super unproductive today i was very awake but i got nothing done <laughs> um so that sounds like a cold actually that sounds like a worst cold well i don't you're know awake you're not sleeping you're not getting better but i mean not I'm, just, I'm not that sick i was just like kind of just oh, okay just a little bit stuffed Still up and whatever under the weather a little under the weather not so much like i'm not going to just not work for two weeks because i'm like slightly i slightly have a cold right so i i rest if there, i need there's rest. nothing in between not working for two weeks <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that's like, like often how long the cold takes so it's like yeah but there's an early part that's the most intense yes no? And that's what okay. I tend to do when I'm in the early parts that's most intense or if I have no energy, like if I'm feeling really tired, then I'll rest or I'll take days off work. But if I'm like awake and normal, but I just have a drippy nose, then it's like, okay, well, make the drippy nose go away and then I'll just Everyone be... out there, don't let Alan's toxic overwork habits <laughs> influence you. If you're sick, your coworkers take really two weeks off work. stay home. Yeah. Well, and also like working from home is like, we, we're pretty specific at steam clock about encouraging people to work from home especially if they're sneezing or they're running runny nose or anything that seems contagious or if they're low energy like just work, i like 
rest if you need rest yeah just stay home or or stay home if you have if you're productive at home then great if you're not then rest um so we're pretty specific with that i'm completely unproductive at home on account of a three-year-old running around and climbing on me and stuff um so and also just at home it just doesn't feel like a productive place to me that's a whole nother side of conversation that is a very side that is the most that is an entire topic yeah by the way uh, but my current loadout oh please yes, is please. daytime pseudoephedrine ibuprofen uh nighttime okay, sounds good phenylephrine ibuprofen antihistamine Oh, so you went with the thing that maybe does nothing. Yeah, because at nighttime, I I suspect... Well, because last night I was up till 3 in the morning. And so I was... Me which too. I normally hey, don't have trouble with. You have a baby both. crying. I didn't have it. I was just laying there. <laughs> and I don't normally have trouble falling asleep. So I was like, huh, maybe it's the pseudoephedrine. So I've switched over to the maybe doesn't work thing for nighttime because I normally fall asleep because mm. um, mm-hmm. I'm more worried about not sleeping because like when mm. you have a cold, you really need to sleep. So that's my, that's what works for me. But like, there's just, it's just a little mix and match set. There's like six things. And then you just be like, like, like it's just, it could be a microscopic, like microscope. It could be a tiny little multiple choice flow chart. Like, do you want this or this, this or this, this or this? Okay. Here's the thing. And then like, you could build that website. Like it's just like five pairs of questions. And then it says, here's the 17 different cold meds that exist that have the ingredients that you are indicated basically but i don't think anyone would build that because it would be very obviously medical advice like that would be very like oh i clicked these things but didn't ask whether or not i had this obscure blood hemophilia and now i'm in hospital yeah because of this thing so but um oh my god and why okay this is so off topic (laughs) but i find it really weird that websites need to make a registered trademark anywhere on their website that their name is used even though there's one at the top where their main yes. logo is like can you and then if say, there's like hey, 25 times it says tylenol in yeah, all caps. it's still gonna have an r for every if single one time. point on one page of the website there was a tiny little typo and it just says tylenol without the yeah. trademark they lost their whole then someone's just gonna make a fake tylenol yeah which they can do anyway because yeah. well maybe that's why they're so protective of tylenol brand because it's only a brand like anyone can make literally the exact thing as tylenol right just no, no, no. they're just they're just a brand i think most things for johnson and johnson are just brands yeah because they have like a whole bunch of stuff that's like out of patent yeah, yeah. even in the yeah. fine print it has it oh well, i mean i guess you know, the is written by lawyers valid only of tylenol tm cold or the tylenol most likely TM. i bet they just talk in that voice like, <laughs> i don't even think they can they verbally say register trademark yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah let's let's just call follow up two facts that seems pretty good <laughs> sorry it's us just I'm talking sorry. about a website for that's now. the it's the cold meds oh god it's the phenylephrine it's got me all hopped the up best episode ever <laughs> yeah two underslept people one for baby reasons one for cold medicine yeah. reasons and uh so mm. our follow-up item this episode is Casey List, so we talked friend of the a couple show. episodes back about friend of the show. Um, Casey List wrote in, in response to our conversation about having shortcuts. So I had to put in a couple of shortcuts that if I wanted to type a certain emoji, which is sometimes tricky, especially on the phone, the emoji, finding an emoji on that keyboard on iOS is ridiculously It's horrible. horrible. Yeah. yeah. Anything I think of naturally that I'm like, rolls eyes. No, rolling eyes. No, I roll. Oh, okay. Like it takes like five different things before it's just me. Anyway, so um, Casey has gone far beyond me in that he has far created way more beyond. shortcuts that I have. And he's documented them on his website five years ago. Yeah. Well, 2014, that's now six year years, like year numbers yeah way it was just, it was in september though so. yeah it was more than yeah, five so years still ago. five years more than five years ago so we'll link this up in the show notes of some of the various uh but I, i'm gonna copy a couple of these um quick things like these ones i quite like these they're not technically emoji but like the keyboard command so like if you want to be able to say like oh press apple t then you he can type kbd command and then it will replace that for the command symbol which is yeah, the, but that's a really long thing to type yeah, but it's a lot faster than going to Google than and finding you're like the. Oh, because that one's not even symbol. in the emoji. Yeah, that's not even the emoji keyboard. It's like a mm. shortcut, right? Um, mm. So that's mm. I. I feel like that's quite. Useful. What do you think he needs the Japanese flag that often for? He's got a couple. Of, he's got a UK flag. He's got a US flag. Those two somehow make more sense to me than the Japanese one. I don't well, know. Well, like why. there's cultural like reasons behind. Like everybody has their own shortcuts that they get start using for whatever. Like I 
believe he has this sprout emoji in as a quick shortcut because that was what he referred to his first child as sprout yeah, when like, was, yeah small yeah. child right yeah and so most of these make sense i, I you know the <laughs> i enjoy diaf which is a skull <laughs> in a fire. <laughs> and i know he like you uses the star system yeah you gotta have a star rating uh, I, that's actually i was quite pleased by that to see like i i, I that i'm not the only one. <laughs> you're not the only one and then <laughs> hand over heart is kind of cool I don't. I'm not sure what the nose goes one means. Yeah, probably an inside joke. Now it's this is just like the podcast of like <laughs> <laughs> talking I, about somebody's talking about all of his, our friend Casey's emoji yes, choices. I'm sure you all just, very much. I but. just want to know that. Well, I, I, I mean, I guess I should just ask him. But consider this me asking you, Casey. What is JP flag for? Where's Japanese flag? I don't know. Yeah, What's no, Japanese I'm. In all seriousness, I'm, I'm sure he has a good reason. I think the nose goes one is the one I'm more confused by. But. Yeah, I want to know what the nose goes. I want to know about. I want. To, I just want to know. I want to understand. Yeah, that's good. That's got the table flip in there. The WTF guy. Yeah, yeah. So mostly, this is very awesome. I, we just have a couple that we don't. Also, why does he have? Are is EM high and EM wave the same? Uh, yeah. But I mean, that's the kind of thing, like, I wish I could do that with emoji more easily. Like mm-hmm. when I type an emoji, like there's, a, I have various synonyms that I'll use and they'll come from various things. Like Slack will have a certain name for an emoji that's different than the standard name, which is different from the Apple name, right? Like when I oh, wanna, so you want it to be standardized everywhere. Well, yes, that. And also like sometimes like I'll type for the, do you know what I mean when I say a party popper? Uh, you think so? Like the cracker type things that they use in the UK? Like, well, no, it's like a um, pull no, it and then no, it makes it's like a, lot a noise. it's like a triangular to, or like a tada emoji. If I say it a tada emoji, do you know what I mean? What the heck are you talking about? No, you're like a t- party. Po- um, okay, here I'll paste it. It's like a cone that yeah, it's like a cone shoots with, out. Yeah, of. it's like a yes, gold yes, cone. yes, 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 yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, that's okay. what Is I was trying to describe thing? poorly. Yeah. Okay. No, so, no, they call them crackers in the UK. Well, that's a that's like a tube though. This is a we cone. Definitely don't call. Oh, is that? Oh, is that? Different? A cracker is I, like. Maybe a, I just assumed it was like that. No, a, tu- a cracker is like a, a tube with a little thing that has a little. Uh, I don't know if it's fire. I don't know if party it's, poppers are a pyrotechnic device. Yeah, mine a little pyrotechnic device. Whereas the like the thing the thing that you pull both ends of at like a uh, party. Oh, I had no idea what this was. This is not at all. I thought that the UK cracker thing. Was a party popper, but it's not at all. Yeah, party popper is like has yeah, party popper like sprays out uh, yeah. confetti and stuff. Wow, I've been reading Harry Potter all wrong. Yeah. Oh, okay. They have party poppers. <laughs> yeah. No, they have crackers. Oh, they have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my point of all that is that okay. when I want to celebrate something, <laughs> I want to use the conical confetti spraying party popper emoji. You want to use a party popper. Sometimes it's called a party popper and in Slack it's called a tada emoji and other times like it calls different things and so I will try to start typing pop popper party tada. Like I I feel like my brain is just like just make the thing. You go through the whole the whole cycle of things it might be inevitably and i will pick the thing that actually on the given platform gets me the party last. Popper emoji last yeah yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah so i just good. like i want to have more of these little shortcuts yeah but we need it but you want a universal one so really what you want is like a keyboard maestro type thing i'm willing to like do the text work. expander oh yeah no well, no that's what this is so like what casey's done here and what we were talking about last time is putting into the keyboard shortcuts pan, uh, panel of the operating system, which in theory... Right, because then it's between, used everywhere. Then it's used everywhere. So no oh, matter what app you're typing in, Slack. in... What's that? I bet it doesn't work in Slack. It doesn't It, it doesn't work in Skype either. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it doesn't, because like they use these crazy non-standard <laughs> yes, boxes. everything is just a complete hack. It's like an open... Yeah. It's like a video game in a window. Yeah, yeah. how non-native <laughs> it is. But. Yeah, never go full Brichter. That's the... <laughs> Elite Lauren Breaker would make the game actually really <laughs> Mac-like, even no, though it was totally built good. in OpenGL. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. wouldn't even know. You'd be like, this is the most UI kit thing I've ever seen. And it's actually written in, you know, some sort of voxel engine or something. Yeah, it's like a written in Bravefuck or something. It's completely <laughs> <laughs> assembly well, that's code. A, that's a topic for a whole other yeah. episode. Yeah. Right. We'll right. be back for that. <laughs> <laughs> 